Hello, hi, it's Paul and it's... Megan. We've reverted back, we've been swapping the instructions <laughs> around. Um, yeah, so today we're going to have a chat with Homes for Scotland. They are a organisation that um, represents the new build sector of the market. Yes, um, so we uh, spoke to Jennifer, who is Director of Public Affairs there. And yeah, we're going to ask, we're going to pose some questions to Jennifer about uh, new build targets and the magic figure being... 25,000 new homes And we'll Scotland. find out to achieve in that target. Yeah, we will. Um, and yeah, I think shining a light on something that we speak about a lot, how um, demand outstrips supply yeah. in the property market and basically how they're hoping that that situation can be solved. Well, as we said all along, we need the supply tab turned on and this really is the supply tab. So yeah, let's get right into the fascinating episode coming up. And today we have Jennifer Kennedy, Director of Public Affairs. I like that title. (laughs) (laughs) At Homes for Scotland. So we're going to talk about all things new build, really, aren't we? So from building to policy and all the other things that go with that. So I'm wondering if the first place to start, Jennifer, would maybe a little bit about the organisation for Homes for Scotland. What is Homes for Scotland? Yeah, well, Homes for Scotland is a representative body for the the home building industry. Um, Our membership includes home builders, uh, and RSLs, as well as lots of companies in the supply chain. Together, everyone uh, delivers uh, the majority of new homes that are built in Scotland. Right. And our overriding purpose is to deliver more homes for the people of Scotland. Yeah. What is um, what is RSLs? Oh, someone? sorry, a registered social landlord. Ah, registered social landlord. So that would be things like housing, housing associations. associations right, understood. Yeah. Got you. So Got Homes you. for Scotland is a, has an all-tenure approach. Um, so we're not focused on just one or the other within yeah. the sector. Um, we fully recognise the interdependencies that um, stretch between, you know, social, affordable, and private for sale housing. Yeah, and we we will come on to talk about later about the mix when you build the development now. And as you say, it's a it tends to be a mix, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. When I say you build, you don't build yeah. them, but <laughs> the developers who are members of your organisation. Um, okay, so we're going to talk about targets, aren't we, Megan? Yeah. So we noticed that obviously your research, your own research, uh, indicates that we should probably be building twenty five thousand homes per year. Mm-hmm. How are we doing towards that target? Well, 25,000 was the number, average number of new homes that were being built before the financial crash in 2007, 2008. And was that enough? Were we building enough back well, then? Well, even at that point, it still wasn't enough. We okay. still had a, you know, a chronic undersupply of housing at that point. But after that, um, build levels fell by about 40%. So we've kind of been in recovery ever since then. Mm-hmm. And we've been going in the right direction. Um, and then, of course, COVID hit. Mm-hmm and knocked us back a bit. So I think for the the last year, the total number of new homes that was built in Scotland was 23,500. So on the up, but it's still not near where we need them to be. And uh, of probably of more concern at the present time is the position regarding the, the number of new homes being started. That's uh, on a downwards trend, and uh, that's a real worry because obviously today's starts are tomorrow's completions. Yeah, so you see what's coming down, yeah. down the line, so to speak. And we've, um, according to our research, we've already seen an accumulated shortfall of over 114,000 new homes since 2008. That's a big number, isn't it? It is, yeah. So, I mean, you, you can see the, the impact that the, that the lack of supply is having. Yeah, I mean, population growth, more people living alone, mm-hmm. lots of issues. And again, I suppose the seeds of this, I always thought, were 
um, the right to buy in the 80s when the council property was sold off and no one filled that gap. There were no affordable homes were built for a while. So lots of lots of pressures. What would be the biggest barrier then to achieving the, the that magic 25,000? Oh, there's so many barriers cost? actually, Paul. Mm-hmm. I'm sure people wouldn't believe how many there are. Um, obviously, one of the, the major ones for us is the, the planning and the wider consenting system for major planning applications. That's for um, developments of 50 units or more. They should be decided within 16 weeks. Yep. Uh, currently, they're taking nearly 40 weeks. And that's despite the number of major planning applications having reduced by about 50% since before COVID. Right. So there's a um, considerable delays within the system. And what, without finger pointing, what would be a reason for that sort of length of delay? Um, resourcing. Right. Um, I think it all comes down to that. Ultimately, resourcing and culture. We need a planning system that encourages and facilitates new development. Um, traditionally, we haven't had that. Um, but within the system itself, we need to make sure we have the the skills and the the people that we need to, you know, get these houses mm-hmm. through the system. So we actually get homes on the ground for the yeah. people that need them. Because I mean, it's interesting, isn't it? You will hear various governments, either Westminster or, or saying we need more homes. We talk about it a lot in terms mm-hmm. of rising house prices. As you say, that has to be backed up with uh, infrastructure, doesn't it, and support to allow these things to move through a system, really. Yeah, we're very much supportive of an infrastructure first mm-hmm. um, approach um, and obviously making sure that all that infrastructure is in place in the first instance helps communities, um, I won't say welcome new housing, uh, we might touch on that later, um, you know, it, it helps integrate the new housing into the, the local communities, but unfortunately that's not always that doesn't mm-hmm. always happen. Sure. So when a developer starts to build a new development, what are the obligations that they have to make in terms of affordable housing uh, and the kind of provision or the contribution to local amenities? Well, developers actually have many obligations um, when they they start a development. Um, That includes the provision of essential community infrastructure um, and facilities that are related to the development. They will make considerable payments to the local authority um, to mitigate the impact of the new development, and that can go to things like um, schools, whether it's a new school, new classrooms required, road improvements, um, and of course the the big thing uh, that they contribute to is uh, affordable housing. I think 65% of developer contributions go towards affordable housing. Okay. And in actual fact, the Scottish Government has uh, undertaken its own research and it says that for every private new home that's built, uh, the developer will pay over £30,000 and uh, contributions towards the local authority, so significant sums are involved. Wow. So I think in short, as you say, the developer is funding. So and could it be, as you say, could it be actually building a school? It, it could be. It could be those things that I mean. I'm not saying the developer will build them, but they will fund the building. They fund. They fund it. Yes. Okay. Well, as you say, it's uh, it's it's giving back, isn't it? Really, and that might make me. And 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 would those things be? transparent at the start when the application goes in is that part of the application where there's a commitment to the developer about what they will be doing in the area does that well once once they get their planning uh, approval they then have to enter into a section 75 agreement so all that information is then sort of agreed between the developer and the local authority at that right. stage right understood 
But I should, I should caution, I'm not a technical no, planner, so no. I'm, I've never been involved in sure. that aspect of it. No, but the principle there uh-huh. that there's a commitment and those things have to be followed through all makes makes sense, doesn't it? Um, okay, well, that I think is... Is interesting. One 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 of the things that we have seen when we when these homes do eventually, as you say, get get built, energy efficiency, sustainable homes. I mean, you talk about it a lot on your website. Are homes very different now from where they were built 20, 30 years ago? Well, homes in Scotland now are built to some of the highest technical standards in Europe, mm-hmm. and they're um, in, increasing all the time. Um, so they are highly insulated, very energy efficient with the latest technology. So they are significantly cheaper to run than uh, older properties. Yeah, I, I mean, Megan, you will know this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I live in a well, relatively new build flat, and um, yeah, we haven't had the heating on oh. for a very long time, so it's very well insulated. <laughs> well, that's really good to hear. Yeah, yeah. And, and we're seeing solar panels and, and other things coming in, mm-hmm. and. and um, I think is it passive house where you talk about being carbon neutral and the drive for, for to, to get to that level? Yes, I mean the, there is a big push towards passive house, but the 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 issue um, for homes for Scotland and its members is um, passive house isn't scalable in the volume that we need uh, to meet Scotland's housing needs. Certainly not at this moment in time. No. So uh, yeah, the home building industry is already leading the way in the transition to net zero. Mm-hmm. So yeah, is there a difference in the kind of layout of new homes that are being built compared to maybe 20 years ago? Well, I would say definitely we've obviously since COVID, we've seen a, a demand from people to have like, the, you know, their own front and back door, mm. etc. But now there seems to be more interest in coming back into the cities. So again, I think it would be just about balance. Um, but the benefit of sort of new homes is that they are built to meet today's modern needs. Um, so they're very flexible in terms of their their layout. The range of choices is phenomenal, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I mean, I think there was a time when they built. I'm going back to the 80s now when you, you kind of got what you were given, whereas now, I mean, everything's up for choice, isn't it, really? Yeah, and I mean, um, when you go and reserve your new home, you you mm-hmm. can you know make your own specifications, so you literally tailor it to your own taste and requirements. Mm-hmm. So tiles, mm-hmm. bathrooms, kitchens, finishes, mm-hmm. and uh, even you know if you're requiring any adaptations to be to be made, if uh, if you're early enough in the build process, your builder might be able to accommodate that as well. Oh right, so what convert the make the garage a space? Or, no, I'm, uh, I'm just meaning you know for accessibility. Ah, of course. Yeah. New new homes yeah. are already. Um, built to very similar standards yeah. as uh, to meet the housing for varying needs in all but two aspects, one of which I think is uh, having a lift. Yeah. Um, so they're already very accessible and adaptable throughout the the life of the, the resident. But for example, if you had wanted to put sort of grab handles in your bathroom or whatever, yeah. um, sometimes uh, builders can assist with that. If it's early, early on, yeah. yeah, understood. And in terms of first-hand buyers, because I, I would imagine you know, developers are building for catering for right across the market from first time buyers all the way up to maybe retirement and everything in between really. Are there any incentives for first time buyers that developers will offer or well it's extremely tricky for first time mm-hmm. buyers at yeah. the moment. Um but that is actually one of the benefits of looking at new build and um, because you've got the, the fixed price for one thing so you don't need to have to think about offers over. Mm-hmm. Um and there's often a range of uh, help available from builders to help you get the property that you want. So that can range from contributions towards your deposit, uh, towards your monthly mortgage payments, 
uh, to other things. So it's it's well worth any first time buyer getting in touch with a builder in the area they they're interested in living in to see what's available. Mm-hmm. And generally, there's a site office, isn't there? There's somebody on site. Yes, in there'll most be a, a, sh- a show home. Yeah, um, yeah. There should be the sales staff there that can talk you through the talk you through the process. Okay, good. So, Jennifer, what type of property do you think that we'll be building in 20 years' time? Now, that we've spoken about 20 years we're ago. We're going to be living and on ever, the <laughs> Yeah. Um, that's a difficult one, actually. Um, that's probably the question I had most difficulty thinking about sure. before I came in. Um, I just think it'd be just, just to have enough homes for... Mm-hmm. The people that need them, I think that's mm-hmm. the that's the that's, that's the, the biggest thing. Yeah. yeah, we were at a meeting of the cross party group in the Scottish Parliament last night, and the housing minister said, you know, the only way to end homelessness is to build more homes, and that's exactly true. And that's what we need to do. We need to make sure that we build homes for everyone in Scotland that needs them, and to also meet the aspirations of those that live in Scotland or indeed want to live in Scotland so we can attract the talent that we need to be a successful economy. Mm-hmm. As you say, it should be a, should be a right to have a, something you call your home, shouldn't it, really? Absolutely. Um, and in terms of, just thinking that through there, in terms of where we're going to be building, there is always this push-pull around Greenbelt, isn't there? But, I mean, we are seeing a lot more brownfield sites being developed, aren't we? Is that, do you see that? Um, well, there's a definite push towards brownfields. And, you know, in an ideal world, mm-hmm. all houses would be built on brownfield. Yeah. But the fact of the matter is there's just not the um, amount of brownfield yeah. land available to meet housing needs. Mm-hmm. Um, and also there can be many different issues associated with brownfield land in terms of its remediation. Mm-hmm. Um, having said that, um, residential is the most common use for bringing vacant and derelict land back into to use but we need to have a balance um, in terms of land going forward because as I said there's simply not enough brownfield to meet the the housing needs of the mm-hmm. country yeah I, I've used jog in the brownfield sorry um, so this would be that it's been used previously it's been like a factory or something hasn't it yeah. or it's been used for other purposes mm-hmm. and then it's redeveloped again yeah um, and I mean we see bits of that leaf yeah um, Jennifer, something that you meant, touched on earlier, I was just wondering if we could go back to you. So you'd mentioned about um, existing communities maybe welcoming new builds. Um, is that something that you guys struggle with, or you notice that a lot of the building developers struggle with, having acceptance from the local community if they're building more homes? I think maybe ultimately that could be the biggest barrier that we face. Um, I don't know of any home builder member that goes into a community and is welcomed. Mm-hmm. Um you know, people obviously don't like change. Um, their homes at one point were on a green field. Uh, so, you know, I think uh, people have to be more understanding, I think, of the need that exists. And I think people don't understand the scale of the need that there that there actually is. I mean, we all, I'm sure, I know I have examples from family and friends struggling with their housing. Um, I know lots of other people do too. Um, I've got a 16 and a 17 year old I'm wondering what on earth is going to happen to them in terms of housing we, we need to work together mm-hmm. um, to make sure that we've got homes for everyone yeah difficult so, decisions as yeah, you say so that, that so, I mean, so that you know people's children and grandchildren can you know live in the same town or city or village as, as them so people in rural, rural areas aren't forced to migrate to the to the cities um, there's too many examples of this at the present time. Yeah, you make some really good points. Mm-hmm. And, and that point, 
we all forget, don't we? You know, even a, a 19th, even a Victorian <laughs> terrace was a new build once upon a time. You know, yeah. we've had, we've, we've always had new build, mm-hmm. haven't we? Really, we, yeah. we always will. And I think, you know, the needs of the silent majority also need to be recognised just as strongly as what is what can be a very mobilised and well resourced um, minority mm-hmm. of uh, you know opposition. Yeah, I suppose one of the other aspects when we think about buying any home is protection for home buyers and peace of mind. Is there anything in the new bill realm that you'd want to talk about in that area? Yeah, um, two real benefits for buying new builders, um, you know, they come with 10-year warranties. So you have that peace of mind um, when you move in. And we now also have the New Homes Quality Board with a, an ombudsman service. So if you were to have any issue with your builder and couldn't resolve it, you could go to the ombudsman service um, as a as a backup. Okay, so if you snag list and and and, and there's a debate over it and it can't get resolved, you you could take it somewhere and, and it's it's looked at objectively by an yeah, independent Yeah, I mean, body. I think when you talk about snagging, mm-hmm. I, I think we have to bear in mind that there is always going to be some form of snagging. Um, builders normally want to get that resolved just as uh, quickly as sure uh, consumers yeah. but I mean it could be things like you know, as, the, as the building dries out there might be a little bit of um, plaster cracking or things like that so, sort of things like that are to be expected um, but you know if you have um, more fundamental issues that you're not happy certainly the ombudsman should be able to help you Brilliant. So Jennifer I think we've been speaking quite a lot today about the you know the desire and, the, and and the need to build more homes. So, what would be the benefits if we if we manage to achieve twenty five thousand homes a year or plus for the next few years? What would be the benefits? Oh, there's so many benefits, and um, it ranges from uh, social impact to environmental as well as economic. For every new home built, um, that supports about three and a half jobs. So the sector as a whole currently supports about 80,000 jobs across the whole of Scotland, so it's a significant employer. Um, It also utilises skills development. Obviously, apprenticeships are very important in our sector. But just in terms of, uh, you know, um, improved health and education outcomes, um, so people have access to fit-for-purpose accommodation, um, helps alleviate overcrowding, um, and you know, a, pr- a healthy private sector also helps deliver more affordable housing. Yeah. So uh, it's, because uh, somebody's got to deliver those yeah, affordable homes. Aren't yeah. They? It's um, as far as we're concerned, it's a win-win. Yeah. Um, and you know, at a very high-level economic sense, the the sector generates over three billion um, to the economy each year. So yeah, it's um, it's a significant player, and I, I think maybe people don't quite appreciate how important the industry is. Mm-hmm. I just say it's a big wheel that turns lots of mm-hmm. other wheels, and as you say, ultimately as well solves problems. I mean, we've spoken for a while about affordability of homes, haven't we? And yeah, you know, there's there's a shortage of supply. We say the same thing every month on the house price report. You know, even though prices have, have stabilised, it's it's only a matter of time before we see another rise again because. We have a shortage of stock. You've already come on and said that, and it's it's, it's going to continue until we really mm-hmm. get on top of this. And in terms of construction, um, well, not construction. In terms of starting from scratch, to ultimately having everything done, that's quite complex. I would imagine it's an extremely complex and complicated process. Um, it's also very lengthy and very costly. 
and extremely uncertain in terms of the delays that you might encounter along the way. So there are so many pieces in this jigsaw that have to come together um, before you, someone actually has the keys to uh, to a new home, whether mm-hmm. that's in terms of roads, you know, just in terms of identifying housing need, um, in terms of what's actually really required to go through the planning, consenting system, skills, um, and we've all witnessed the huge issue with material shortages and price increases. Um, yeah, utilities, making sure we've got the right connections to, to new homes. Mm-hmm. It's a very lengthy process. I mean, ideally, you'd like everything there, wouldn't you, so that it's the site's ready to start. I remember sitting in a home to Scotland many years ago, and that was described as utopia. You can get to that point where you, everything's there, and then we can just build. It would speed everything up, but... Mm-hmm. I think we're still uh, quite a way away from that, are we? Well, we just need to have the right environment to to make sure we need a properly resourced planning system. We need a policy environment that supports home building and encourages it. And uh, we need public to recognise the need for new homes, I think. Yeah. And a good project manager. Someone like good, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, that's fine. Uh, I think we've covered a lot of ground. Yeah, I think that was, you've answered all of our questions, Jennifer. We, oh, had, yeah. we had lots and lots. And uh, yeah, no, Thanks. we really appreciate you coming on the show. Thanks very much. Thanks, Jennifer. Really good to see you. Okay, so that was Jennifer. Um, I think what I found really interesting there was that that you know that, that that was based very much on realism we, we spoke at the um at the intro around the target of twenty five thousand. what was needed it's pretty clear that we're falling short of those targets yeah and this year we might only have fallen short a little bit but it, it's that we have a massive backlog to mm-hmm. make up for and i think that's something that jennifer really tried to drive home in our chat and definitely made me realize just how serious the shortage is not only that they can't become homeowners but they actually just don't have even have access to a home um i think as i said really drove that issue home i think so and as you say the tension between the desire to build and people that want to be in building their back gardens and and the the pressure that that brings but also what the developer can do with the community and, and funding you know a surgery or a school i thought was really interesting so yeah. um and certainly we also heard about the benefits of um for the both the economy and the climate as well energy efficiency yeah i thought that was really interesting i had no idea how much of an impact it could have on the job market and um and the, yeah as you said the economy well you know about the efficiency because your your flat's really cool, <laughs> don't worry about the rest yeah. of it <laughs> in our cold period properties <laughs> well yeah that's definitely a bonus um, yeah. of these but um, thank you very much for listening to this episode as always if you enjoyed please feel free to give us a rating and review wherever you're listening follow us on um, or sorry, I should say subscribe to us on YouTube and uh, yeah or you can get in touch with us at marketing at ESPC.com we're um, getting closer to the end of the season now getting Paul. close to the end we are we are we still got our overseas one coming yep and we've still got our retrofitting one coming yes. next week yes indeed Perfect. Thanks very much. Cheers. See you soon. Bye-bye. Bye.